Welcome back to another week of Riffs and Scripts. Um, you might be able to notice I, I've got my serious voice in because serious I, have, voice. I have a very real apology to make. To write. So, um, <laughs> Money to Burn <laughs> is a podcast that has supported us and shared us and become like one of our Repeatedly. biggest fans. And Repeatedly. they're so, so cool. And I wanted to give that podcast a shout out wholeheartedly <laughs> last week. And actually, you're not going to believe this. I did check what the fella's name was before recording. No one will ever believe Didn't me, but sound it's like true. It. I know. <laughs> so, gentleman's name is Dave. Dave, I know you're Dave. listening, and I'm so Hello, sorry. Dave. Do you know what I think happened? Do you know what, what I truly believe happened on some level? I checked his name. I was like, cool, got it, Dave, nailed it. And then my brain went, well, hold on a second. This man's Irish. <laughs> what? And I must have Dave's way too cockney a name. And my brain went, say Danny. <laughs> so I just think that's better John, branding, Dave. Right now, and I think you, you should, should consider say Danny. it. <laughs> so it's oh the thing is God. now, the word, the name Danny has happened so much that I now have to really train myself to not say Danny. Dave, that's we're dreadful. sorry. And you're, you're a legend. Sorry, Dave. You're sorry, great. Dave. Your podcast is really good. Yeah, it is really good. Um, <laughs> and, you're, and you're an angel from heaven. And Absolutely. I am but a mere mortal, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, in celebration of all of Dave's <laughs> help, this week is about all things Irish, and I'm so sorry. Please, please still love us. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I just feel so ashamed. I told, I told music tech boyfriend he was furious. He, Brilliant. Really, he just went, you fucked up, babe. I was like, I so, know. So ashamed of you. So ashamed of I'm you. I'm ashamed of myself. I was fucking mortified so thanks dave enjoy this week's episode along with all your mates in ireland thank god the irish can take a joke in it carl yeah exactly laughed it off like a champion sure thing andrew sava okay that's a boy name time (laughs) (laughs) hi everybody welcome back to riffs and scripts my name is amber sava my name is cole bright and today is a special episode because today we are celebrating our love of the emerald isle we are celebrating our love of ireland are we not so uh, we, we mentioned this last week but um Basically, we've ended up with quite an Irish fan base, and we're really excited about that. We're really yeah, grateful so, for so it. Cool. Uh, we won't tell the whole story again, but shout out to Money to Burn podcast because they've done, a, they've basically become a friend of the podcast and become one of our biggest fans. Really helped get the word out there. So, what we want to do is spend today celebrating creative art and theatre and music and actors that have come Boom. out of Ireland. And there's so much. I started making notes, and then it snowballed. So. Well- the thing is that I, I started making notes and then I realised that when it comes to a lot of the stuff that I discuss about music and musicians, the stuff that I really know about is the stuff that's more interesting. The stuff that I have deeper knowledge on is more interesting rather than me just glossing over like amazing people that I know a little bit about like you 2 um, yeah, or sure. um, the Cranberries. I, I mean, I can dip into those because there is some Oh yeah, stuff but I know. we want to give but, like some space to stuff that doesn't get noticed enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I wanted to go in deep about the stuff that I do know, which will come up in a moment. 
The first thing I wanted to talk about is called once. Cole, if I say once, does that mean anything to you? Um, it just means uh, when you do something one time to me. Okay, so once is this really like beloved British musical that has actually become so successful. It started off as a film and I do want to give um, like credit where credit's due. So it was a 2007 film. Um, the music was written by so the basic plot is there's like an Irish busker um, and he falls in love and they sit at the piano together and it's all very sweet and romantic but in a very down-to-earth kind of way Uh, so the original two lead actors in the 2007 film also wrote a song for the film that was called Falling Slowly and Mm. that song uh, actually got an Oscar in 2008 for best original song. And what's really cute, I'm really sorry, I'm going to say the name a bit badly, but Glenn Hansard was the guy who wrote and Marketa Urglova, I'm so English, I'm sorry, wrote it with him and she became the youngest person, not just woman, person to get an Oscar for an original song because she was 19. So that's how it started. It started off as this film. Um, The film did really well and then... It was written for the stage by Ender Walsh. Do you know Ender Walsh? I do not. I do not. I do not. So I know Ender Walsh mostly because of Chatroom, which was a play that he wrote when I was still at uni. So like 2012, 2013 time. Uh, Maybe before that, but that's when I kind of like got to know it. And it was really popular and it got done um, at loads of fringe festivals and things like that. So Ender Walsh is a really successful playwright just really successful Irish playwright. Uh, I believe he's from North Dublin. Um, And he wrote the adaptation for the stage, I think. I'm quite sure. But the two people that did the music for the film then also wrote music and lyrics specifically for the stage. But yeah, basically, um, like once famously, the poster has like a guy holding his guitar. It's all very like the local love story kind of thing. Um, and it, it it smashed it between like 2011 and 2020. There wasn't a year it wasn't on somewhere. So obviously it did the rounds mm. of the UK and the West End, but then it also went to like Toronto and Melbourne and stuff. So like it it's such a like theatre gem that people really, really love that is so like Irish through and through. But, so I just had to get that one out there. So important yeah, to mention. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm well, kind of through throughout the episode, I kind of just want to discuss a select few people and one band, really, because I know quite a bit about this one band. Um, and that band is, as I doubt anyone will be surprised if they know the kind of stuff I'm into and you're listening from Ireland, Phil Linnett and Thin Lizzy. Um, so Thin Lizzy was, for, for Hell's Gazelles, for my band... Um, actually like genuinely a really significant influence on our early years. So Thin Lizzy is kind of one of the bands that Nath was, uh, Nath's dad kind of introduced to him growing up. There was a few bands like Thunder and Thin Lizzy, uh, ACDC obviously, um, Free, those kind of bands that Nath was introduced to when when he was a kid and kind of shaped his love of guitar. And Thin Lizzy was, was one of the most significant ones of that. So Th- Thin Lizzy um, is all... Phil Linnett's band. Phil Linnett was basically like the first black Irish man who was successful in music. Um, it's he's a real big deal. Um, like there's a statue of him in Dublin. You know, he's like uh-huh. a like a big deal. 
Um, and in my opinion, he's probably one of the very best songwriters in the rock world of the 70s and also one of the most kind of distinctive bass players. So Thin Lizzy... Um, Oh, there's so much interesting stuff about Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy, uh, he's, he's the vocalist, main songwriter, and he's the bass player. You don't usually get bass players who are the singers. It happens every now and again. Um, uh, uh, some people do it. But um, he's the the centre of the band, and the band revolves around him, really. Um, and also you have two lead guitarists. So you have two guitarists, but they play off with all these amazing guitar harmonies between them. So uh, people will probably be familiar with... Uh, Boys are back in town. That's the big, big one that everyone knows by them. They had a couple of other really big hits. They did the original, um, a different song to the. When I say "Dancing in the Moonlight," you think of the "Dancing in the Moonlight," probably. Everybody's, but they did a different yeah. song, um, "Dancing in the Moonlight." Got me in its spotlight. Ooh, he's got this really distinctive voice, um, uh, which is set quite low, uh, and he's he's a, um, an amazing lyricist. Again, why I say one of, why he's one of the most significant songwriters of that period, he was able to kind of tap into um, uh, kind of working class life for him in Dublin. So he was born in England, but he grew up in Dublin, and he was he he was he called himself Irish. He really identified with with Irish um, mythology and folklore and Celtic um, kind of mythology, and that all worms its way into the music of Finnity, um, and particularly in the guitar parts. There's loads of Celtic stuff all over. So um, they kind of were this hard rock act, but they're more musical to me than the vast majority of bands in their kind of similar genre. So um, they use a lot more interesting kind of chord progressions, but also have this big bollocksy riffs, you know? (laughs) It's really bloody good. (laughs) Big bollocks Um, riffs. Yeah. I don't Very know what that was. Just, don't um, neither do I. I don't know what mine was. It wasn't Irish, so that's it all right. Definitely they can't criticise us. They can't <laughs> say, hey, you butchered an Irish accent. <laughs> no. But yeah, that's kind of the interesting. I've got loads of stuff There's to say about it. There's one thing I can it, do an Irish wanna... accent, and that's say my name, because when I was like preteen, like age 12, I was really, I had a really close mate. You know, when you're at that age where things aren't quite romantic with someone, but like you talk every day and you create a weird, like innocent companionship with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that with a friend called Andrew. Oh my God, I haven't seen him in the longest time. One of the best male singers I've ever known in my life, by the way. And he was Irish and he used to call me Amber. Amber becomes Amber in Irish. And that's like... No, no, honestly, it was never that kind of dynamic, but it was like, it is etched in my brain hearing the way that he said my name. Aww. We used to sit there on our Nokia 3310s at night, like, oh, how was school today? What'd you have for dinner? But like, he was an absolute sweetheart. <laughs> on the old school Fucking Nokia. Fucking hell, I haven't thought about him in years. I hope he's well. Oh, I might well, just we make you well. that. I might just make that the clip this week and just see if Aww. he finds it. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny you mention accents. Um, Thin Lizzy... The reason why they're called Thin Lizzy is is to do with the accent. So, in do you remember the the Beano? Do you remember the Beano? Dennis the Menace, the Beano. Oh, oh my God! Don't how yeah, yeah, dare yeah. you insult me? I'm just me. saying. I'm just saying. No, okay, no. My so, brother used to have it weekly. He was obsessed. He had, he had oh, yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah, of lush. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, did did you also have uh, the Dandy, which is yes. the other thing those people yeah. did? So the Dandy. So in the Dandy, there was a small robot character called Tin Lizzy. And basically, the joke of, of Finn Lizzie was that um, in a Dublin accent, which is what, what Phil Lynn had, 
if you say Thin Lizzy, Tin it sounds Lizzie. like Tin Lizzy anyway. Yeah, yeah. So they're called Tin Lizzy after a robot, which I think is also a reference to um, Ford Model T, one of the original Fords, right? Um, uh, and, you know, the, the Ford quote is, it can be any colour as long as it's black, which kind of resonated with Phil Linnett as well. He later found that out, but he was like, you know, because he was proud of being a black Irish yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and this was this was a whole part of it. And um, this whole part of his cultural identity, like like people would say stuff that was, you know how Americans, sorry Americans if you're listening, but sometimes they say, oh, I, I'm Irish because one of my great granddads once met an Irish woman. I don't know, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. I'll come back to that because but, actually that's but, one of the things I'm going to talk about. But yes, carry oh, on. All right, all right. But um. But he, whenever they were on tour and like someone interviewed him and they say something wrong about Ireland, no, this is the real thing about Ireland because he knows he knew all about the history and all about the folklore and everything that comes all through the songs, songs like Emerald or Machine Dove or um, uh, he, here's one of the weird things. I once had an argument with someone, right? Trust me, he'll explain why. You know the band that did what's the band that did Lion Man? The um oh um, the kind of modern. I really like band. them. What they called? Fuck. Banjo solo. It was not your fault, but mine. I love that song, and now I can't remember that band. Well, someone was saying to me how they were like, "Oh, no bands or did Mumford and Sons." Mumford and Sons. Bloody Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. And um, and I was like, man, I don't know. I mean, loads of other bands have done really awesome folk stuff and made it contemporary and interesting, like Thin Lizzy. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, Thin Lizzy was so folk. <laughs> How they were dare so, you suggest? They were yeah. so Irish folk without being even remotely Irish folk, right? You, yeah. you, you know Whiskey in the Jar? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, as I was going over. That's not like um, the popularised version of that is the Thin Lizzy one, unless you know the Botanical one, which I think is not as good but um shots fired shots fired shots fired well the thing is it lost all its harmonic richness okay anyway anyway Anyway. it's overproduced but um the modern version of that that we have in our brains really kind of exists because of the thin lizzy version that they released kind of relatively early on in their career i think on their third album second album that kind of time um and uh yeah they had an ability to take musical ideas that belonged to Irish folk traditions and turn them into amazing hard rock songs. Mm. Um, and that's part of where all that kind of twin lead guitar things comes from. So lo- loads of band of that, bands of that time and kind of like just after were doing the two lead guitar thing. Leonard Skinner, Allman Brothers, uh, I think they might have had three actually. Uh, you know, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden famous for doing... Um, uh, the two lead guitar things, Wishbone Ash, you know, loads of bands who you probably won't know some of them, but, you know, were doing this two lead guitar thing and no one, in my opinion, did it quite as well, at least in that way, uh, as Thin Lizzy did. Um, and I will talk to you some more about some Thin Lizzy guitarists in a moment, but I don't want to dominate the discussion too much with how much I love Thin Lizzy. <laughs> so, yeah, there was something I made a note to mention it actually was quite far down the list because it is really famous and i and i want to like represent stuff that people might not think so obvious but since you mentioned the whole americans who claim to be irish thing the reason for that across no 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 no. no. (laughs) let's chat about it though because the reason for that is across like the 40s and 50s there was a huge level of immigration from ireland to 
Brooklyn, I think, in fact, specifically. I think that's called the Great Migration. Yes. Is that me? So, I, I mean, I could be wrong about what it's officially called, but I wouldn't be surprised. But um, basically, have you seen the movie Brooklyn? I've not seen the movie Brooklyn, no. I love it so much. It's, oh, it, I don't know how much you would like it. There's just something about it that I find so like beautiful and endearing. And it's got Saoirse Ronan in it. And it's got... Um, uh, Donald Gleason in it and it's just it's just so I love it I can't explain it so basically Sasha Ronan plays like a teenage girl who immigrates over to Brooklyn so obviously from Ireland so um yeah. goes over you to Brooklyn you keep saying it like that and I'm like I'm like <laughs> she keeps saying it <laughs> well saying Ireland instead Ireland. of Ireland. Ireland I don't know because Ireland I in my head the word Ireland is an island and yeah. the place Ireland I don't know. I put a bit more on that. The, the, the interesting thing is that you pronounce it with an uh, so so uh, English for most people is an arombic language yes, or yes. accent, so we don't pronounce ours very well. And you're you've got a London accent. I've so got I a very London go, accent. I expect you to go Ireland. Ireland. I expect you to do Ireland. That was Ireland. my BBC. Like it's You're like listening if, to BBC Ireland for some reason. If that's the London not, Underground, if the London Underground somehow got to Ireland. And it was that woman's voice. <laughs> this train yeah. terminates at Ireland. No, but I, for I, some reason, but but you're thinking about Ireland so much. I'm thinking about Ireland, that you're pronouncing and I just, the R in an well, appropriate manner. I think I think in my head that's the differentiation between an island and the place Ireland. Like I know it sense. sounds weird, but anyway, <laughs> it's just funny hearing it come from you. I'm sorry. I'll I'll remember my 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 roots. No, no, I want to hear. It. I want to hear I, that shit. I say roots. <laughs> Your roots. <laughs> Greece and Manchester. I'm not from Greece. <laughs> yeah, but there's bits of you know. I'm from Cyprus. It's like my. I mean, my roots. My are probably dad is not partially... from Greece. My grandparents are not from Greece. They're from Cyprus. Oh, you said Greeks. I think Greece. Now I feel like I'm racist somehow. <laughs> Am I accidentally racist? Am I a racist? No, it's fine. I'm Cypriot. sorry. Uh, if you'd have said Greek, I wouldn't have minded. But you said my roots are Greece, and I'm like, I was factually incorrect. Anyway. Anyway, well, back on approach. the film Brooklyn, because it's right. so good. So it's she plays a little Irish girl who is, um, it's, it's a beautiful coming of age story and she immigrates over to Brooklyn. And it's just, it makes just so many lovely, playful comments on the differences. So uh, how like, like the weather and, and oh, I don't know, I can't even explain it. It's just so lovely and she um she meets like an italian new yorker kind of thing you know the ones you know with that really typical like brooklyn accent the quacky kind of like new york you know one of those new york with like eight brothers and they all wear like white vests you know (laughs) 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 sorry new york we're going right through we're just really getting into it aren't we maybe if you listen to our podcast more we'll 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 be nicer about you yeah we'll be nicer yeah yeah it's your fault for not listening (laughs) god anyway we have got some u.s listeners though but anyway um there we go hello u.s listeners sorry sorry if you're mildly irish as well my point is (laughs) yeah Uh, first of all (laughs) The movie is stunning. Secondly, Saoirse Ronan is just such an incredible actress. I could talk about her all day long. I'm such a huge fan of hers. 
And thirdly, this is because you have to think of it, it is recent history. Do you know what I mean? And so because mm, yeah, of those yeah, people, yeah. those people would have been very Catholic, very devout, would have would have um, moved over to, to the States and would have been very proud of their Irish roots, which is why I'm not surprised. So if you think of yeah, someone yeah, of course, who's yeah. maybe 50 today from Brooklyn, so they they all they had to do was have a, have a good relationship with a grandmother who happened to be an Irish immigrant. And yeah, then you've yeah. got that like culture of we are Irish Americans. So is that, it is well, a very present thing. There's a whole thing about that in America because um, they're only really a few hundred years old, you know. Like, yeah, it's a very like, young. Whereas every, everywhere else is thousands of years old. So, uh, or at least the culture that currently lives in America is. I feel like only we both shared this picture that was like the founding fathers, and it was like, let them say anything they want and give them guns. This country is going to be lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking great. I I do remember seeing that. Yeah. Um. There's what's there, but there is that thing about um because technically in the land that Americans are living them living in, you know, they're generally their heritage doesn't go back very far there. So yes. so they relate so much to, and that's kind of one of the yeah. reasons why there was kind of people, you know, I'm from this gang and this this gang and this gang. It's kind of like the Jets and the Sharks, you know, um, yeah. uh, people identifying there because uh, it's what happens when you feel lonely and isolated is you identify with the things from way back home, even if way back home is yeah. now. Ages no, it's a really ago, good point. It's a really you know? good point. Um, for, but for, interestingly, I'm I've got a lot of Irish in me. Um, yeah. Like uh, on the on the lacy side. Um, actually, actually, weirdly, the Lacey's are actually Americans, some of them. Um, but um, my grandma, so she wasn't called Lacey. Her, um, I can't remember her maiden name, but um, she was Irish. And uh, funny enough, my my grandfather on that side was American. Um, technically, I mean he's he was he was British, but he was born uh, in New York. Um, to here's something weird that I've never told you. Uh, an American trick cyclist vaudeville performer. Did you know that? That was no, my great grandfather. A guy called Will Lacey who wrote um he wrote music and he was a trick unicyclist, cyclist and violin player. Okay? That's my heritage. Also I'm related to oh oh my god, American listeners, you'll love this. You ever heard of um his name is Mud? The phrase his name is Mud? Yeah. So his name is Mud comes from this is so not to do with Ireland, but never mind. His name is Mud comes from the Doctor Samuel Mud who treated John Wilkes Booth, right? Okay. Who shot Abraham Lincoln. I see. So um, uh, the guy, John Wilkes Booth shot Abraham Lincoln, jumped off of the balcony, said, sect him to something sempra, whatever it was, the Latin quote, uh, fuck off tyrants, and um, went to Dr. Samuel Mudd, who was my great, great, great something grandfather. Or something like that. Because his next door neighbour was a Lacey, right? He was shagging the next door neighbour's daughter, Kinky. right? That was what happened. And so um, Samuel Mudd, so I, you know, was vaguely, I'm vaguely connected to the death of Abraham Lincoln on one scandal. side of my family. Um, yeah. And vaudeville performers and other really interesting people. Um, but yeah, so I'm ve- I'm actually, uh, I'm quite Irish on that side. And obviously Bryant has got to be come from O'Brien. Surely so it's So here's a weird one. Um, we've, so uh, my mum's granddad, he died when I was a teenager. My great granddad, he was this very like proud Irish Catholic, right? And, um, yeah, my mum has since done more research into our family trees. She kind of 
she basically created her own little who do you think you are thing for herself and yeah, yeah. she traced us back hundreds of years probably further than america quite frankly and most of mm. us are just like watchmakers butchers bakers candlestick makers kinds of people across yeah, yeah. all the celtic areas and actually we aren't irish and my mom has explained it to me and i can't so we all grew up thinking oh there's a there's a part of our granddad was irish great and apparently my mom worked it out and i can't remember the details but i think that he might have had a second parent i think his dad died in world war one and he had Mm. a stepdad who was a proud irish so i think that that's what happened his dad died in world war one that's how far back we're looking so i think i could be wrong i think he had a stepdad or he had a step parent who was a very proud irish person and because he was so young he grew up feeling like a very proud Irish person. He was a baby oh, during right. World War One, and he fought in World War Two. So that he's then, and he was our patriarch. Do you know what I mean? Just from mm-hmm. living yeah, so yeah, yeah. fucking long. So we're all we're all convinced we're all Irish, and we're not. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell, Granddad! <laughs> oh blimey! My blimey. Granddad was that was the perfect, funny, mental Northern Granddad you'll ever know. Like. Uh, if you were to cast Funny Grandad for a British film, you would have got him. He was just, oh, I could give you stories for days. The last time I ever saw him was at like a big family do. And um, I was like, do you remember me, me Grandad and Marie's daughter? Because he's really close with my mum. He like basically yeah, yeah. raised her. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, like batting me off because he felt like I was patronizing him. Then my brother went, hey, Grandad. And he looked him right in the eye and went, don't you have a sister? And I was like, Grandad, let's start again, shall we? <laughs> love it, love it. So oh my yeah, God. You, so we're, you know, we're fake Irish. We we have opened up um, a whole conversation about my grandfather on my mum's side because I don't know if you ever knew this, but I was actually a carer for my granddad for a while. Um, You've told me a lot of stories, two. but you didn't specifically um, say you were the carer, no. Uh, for For a while, I mean, I was kind of basically between university, I'd just look after him because... I was there, so mm. I did. And uh, that's what just what I did for a bit. Um, he was kind of like my best friend for that whole period of... Bas- okay, so after after his wife Lillian died, um, he came to live with us. Um, he lived on his own for a while, but he kept... He, he, we, he would travel um, between us and like spend six months here, six months home. And eventually he would just live with us and he'd live with us for about 16 months, the last 16 months of his life. Um, and, oh my God, so many interesting things he did. Um, most like so he was he was um an RSM, uh, regiment sergeant major. He was the highest rank you could be, um, if you um weren't of noble birth in World I War Two, right? So, uh, he served all the captains and people above him. Yeah. But um, yeah, regiment sergeant major, and in the Marines, which is significant different to the rest of it. Oh my and, god, yeah, it's a whole other ball game. Yeah, it's Marines, a whole it? yeah, thing. Yeah. He he was I mean this he was sunk in outside Alexandria and he you know he was on he was on that ship sunk when he was on there and his best mate was shot and his guts were hanging out and out. and, and proper um, war movie he, stuff he lit him a cigarette and there was a bugle boy there he said bugle boy do you know how to sound and the guy says yeah I do and so he lit his best mate a cigarette as the ship was going down while he's sitting there everything hanging out he grabbed a bugle boy and he jumped off the ship. Oh, um, oh. just amazing. But but also he had. It's funny a lot you should say time that because I was just about to tell a funny people. thing. Sorry. 
Well, Jack went all over the world shagging people. Is what oh, he did. see, this is what you <laughs> he told had me an about. Amazing yeah, time. he had all these affairs, he, he, and he didn't he yeah, have a really yeah. important job interview and got introduced to the wife, and it was a woman he'd slept with or something. It wasn't that. No, no, no. Okay, no. Well, he definitely did. Shag. He definitely. Did. <laughs> that was, I, I, did I, I don't. Did I tell you about this on? Um, you told me about, this, you on about this on the podcast. No, you on haven't set. told the story on the podcast. This is okay, one of, okay, this is one of the first so, stories you ever told okay, me. Okay, so Jack Jack did loads of things. He spent loads Jack of time is granddad, make, granddad Jack. Yeah, Jack. So I call him Jack because when you know yeah. someone well, that intimately yeah. well, then you just call him Jack. Um, but um, I'll nail it down to one story about Jack and then yeah, I'll Yeah, last on, one right? and we'll get so back to Ireland. When he was in North Africa during World War Two, all the lads... Were shagging all the local girls, and they all got yes. the clap, right? So they yes. had a nurse with them to this treat the fact. clap, right? So the nurse was called Grace, right? And she went around treating all the guys for clap, and I've, they've got to. I mean, you know, if, if that's why. I mean, you know, I'm just saying they probably, you know. Anyway, so that happened, um, and here's the thing: he's like in his late eighties, early nineties when he's with me. I think this was, he was 1991 around this time. Yeah. And my uncle who has done a lot of work for the UN is living in Nigeria and he has the ambassador from Burundi visiting him. So Jack is in his nineties and, and my uncle calls in over Skype and you know, my mum's using Skype um, to, to contact him, so they understand it. Mm-hmm. And Terry goes on and says, Hi, Jack, how you doing? He says, uh, Hi, Terry, how you doing? Yeah, it's great to see you. Ter- and goes, Jack, Jack. Ter- Terry goes, I've got the ambassador for Burundi with me and his wife. So this is the ambassador for Burundi. Hello, 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 hello. And this is his wife. And Jack goes, Grace? <laughs> <laughs> so so the nurse that he'd met when he was in north africa had moved met to, moved when he was yeah yeah when he was in, in, met. in world war they'd met they got in world very war acquainted in, in acquainted in burundi uh, in, in north africa had moved to burundi shacked up with the ambassador the nigerian ambassador from burundi or the ambassador ambassador and, 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 and would they met over skype just what is oh, it's just it. so weird Last granddad thing. thing My granddad quit smoking when he was 92. Why, you might ask, would you make it to 92 and then care about if you smoke or not? I'll tell you, he was losing his eyesight and he nearly set himself on fire trying to light a cigarette. Oh my God. He literally went, I thought I should stop. Oh my God. (laughs) He didn't trust himself to light fags anymore. Anyway, let's get back to Ireland. But you know, there you go. I have have an Irish granddad that isn't Irish. That was basically where (laughs) we went down that route. Yeah, why not? Do you know about the commitments? The, the commit? Uh, uh, no. Okay, let's talk about the commitments. Boom, let's talk about the commitments. So, Commitments was originally a novel by um, an Irish novelist called Roddy Doyle, Big Up. <laughs> and basically, it, it got made into uh, like an indie film in the 90s. Yeah. And that was made like across multiple corporations in Ireland and England. And I yeah, yeah, think yeah. another Celtic, maybe Scotland, I can't remember. But... um. It was a 90s film that got a lot of success and then they wanted to make it into a musical because it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's a fictional story about an Irish band trying to bring soul to Dublin, like soul music to Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So it was really popular and they wanted to make it musical because it was all about music. And actually Roddy mm. Doyle rejected the, giving anyone the rights to make it into a musical like over 10 times yeah, because yeah, yeah. he kind of resented how well it was doing and how it was uh, the level of focus it was getting. I think, I don't know if, that, if that's compared to his own other works or just to books in general, but he just was a bit like, no, let's focus on novels more. Um, and then eventually... Um, he got convinced but he wrote the musical adaptation himself so that was on for a couple of years um 2013 yes i've written that down 2013 so i actually went and saw it there was a year where just my parents as my present like christmas or birthday just bought me two tickets to something and went bring a mate it was the easiest way and it was the commitment so we went and saw it and it was really good like and i'm not normally the biggest fan of like the kind of jukebox musical thing yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's not what i get all that excited about um i've seen a handful of them but uh i don't know i just it, it it doesn't always work for me but i really enjoyed it maybe because it was just fictional but like uh, but still really believable you could have easily mm. been convinced that it was like a weird theatrical documentary about a band making it and about mm. one of them shagging loads of women and two of them arguing and, you know, mm. all sharing one room when they're skin and, you know, trying to get their <laughs> gigs at the local pubs. And again, it was just, re- it's, again, it's just really lovely. And it's just really quintessentially Irish. So I just thought I'd Boom. throw it Can out there. Down. There you I'll go. Check that out after the show. Yeah. Boom. And like when I saw it live, it basically turned into a gig. It was one of those musicals where... Now, a lot of musicals... A lot of theatre, you sit down, you shut the fuck up. And there are some exceptions. One, obviously, Rocky Horror. You jump up and you do the time warp, obviously. Absolutely. But yeah, with the commitments, by the time it got to like the final couple of songs, it was basically a gig. And I I think I was in some really good seats. I was on, I think I was in a box. Was I? I think I was in one of the box seats. So I could just watch all these people standing up, holding their pints. Like, and it was, it was a really, really lovely atmosphere. And it it was, it was lovely, lovely artsy musical. Aww, super sweet. So there you go. There we go. The, yeah, the, 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 uh, the stage kind of performance thing leads into people who know Finn Lizzie will know that Phil Linnett. It's kind of well known as a brilliant frontman, like one of the great. Oh, see, that was that was going to be one of our ranked episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we've got to do that at some point. Mm-hmm. I, some point. I suppose I can't mention uh, Phil Linnett in it because I've talked all about him in this one. But um, one of the things that I was surprised at when I was looking into him was that actually he didn't start out that way, and I I've, I weirdly found that myself in my experiences that I didn't I wasn't a great frontman when we started, and then I was like. Actually, I'm just gonna do it, and then I did, and then it was great, you know. And that be- kind of became my shtick in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but Phil and it didn't start that way, and it wasn't until they got a support slot with Slade, who you will definitely know, um, who are amazing. I love Slade. I could do a whole episode on Slade, but mm-hmm. um, one of the great British bands, Slade, brilliant. But they were fantastic live, Slade, and they had all this, all this kind of glam stuff. The kind of seventies glam stuff became what the American um, uh, glam people copied in the eighties, basically, in a weird mm-hmm. way. A lot of those those guys loved all the seventies glam people, and basically they're on the tour. And the, the Slade, Slade's manager came around and said, "Listen, Phil, if you don't start fucking getting better at talking to the crowd, then we're going to drop you off the tour." So it's like, so oh, important, like yeah. it. 
I can't so, remember who it was. No, I can remember who it was, but I'm not going to say. I've just realised who it was. But a friend yeah. of mine when we were teenagers and a, a, a band that is still going and really big, but yeah. I think it was when they were quite new, had their first album out. Um, I really wanted to see them live and a friend of mine did. And she was like, they were okay. I was like, what do you mean? Mm. She went, they literally walked onto the stage sang their list of songs and fucked off yeah. i hate that and i was like I oh that's that. weird that's not a gig you look that. really angry <laughs> you're like no, sat no, there like was, clicking I your neck, like, my, neck my neck actually fuckers. hurts but that does make me fucking angry because the thing is that a, a live performance is um it's a different medium it's a whole different thing like yeah like you've got to be exceptional live and um the record is is supposed to be a kind of different thing. Otherwise, people just go and stand and look at someone to put on a CD. What's the fucking point? Um, yeah. But um, and I, weirdly, I, I knew uh, someone who was like, oh, I don't see the point in going to see something live. I like things to be musically perfect. And I was just like, well, how about you fuck off? Uh, see, <laughs> like, whereas... I want things to be wrong. And, and um, you know, I want things to be brilliant. But things happen. People do things on, you know, well, on, also, on like, performances that they don't do on records been told by some some music editors that i know uh that when autotune is used and things that do create something that's a bit too perfect they actually then go back and try and yeah break the perfection a little bit Absolutely. because it, it, it yeah, yeah. Ju- it's jarring to listen to it's you not, need to not, make yeah. slight mistakes small ones but just we enjoy that we don't we're not here for like a weird robot generated thing that's not creativity that's not expression no, no, like it's not. It's and not. that's not a gig and that's um it's why um this, do you know what you tapped into a whole debate in music have i so for instance um i maiden released uh, an album in i think 2017 book of souls and um the main um single for that was called speed of light right and um, Nico McBrain on drums for Iron Maiden, who is one of the best drummers in in the world ever. I love him so much. He's really great. Yeah. But he sounds very much like himself, right? But he um, dips in and out of tempo on the track because they decided that we're actually not going to do it um, like to to a grid. You know, we're not going to do it to a grid. We're going to play to Nico. So Nico's going to gonna lay the drum track down and, and if you listen the drum track is imperfect which is where perfection lives perfection lives within imperfection that is a oh. quote and you can take that shit to the bank um, couldn't agree more uh, you know uh, a, a big example of that uh, Phil Linnett wasn't actually a great singer I'll be honest he's not a great singer but he's a brilliant vocalist you see what I mean by that He's a brilliant no. singer by not being a very technically brilliant singer. Do you know no. what I mean? Yes, yes, um, yes. He's not got a massive range, but he sounds so like Phil in it. A really like, good example so of this like that Phil I think a lot of people would have seen is, you know, in Black Swan, the main character is such a perfectionist that it yeah. really gets in the way of her performance. And yeah. she gets compared to one of the other dancers and the director's going, look, watch her. She messes up. Yes, technically she's not perfect, mm. but but like she's so captivating. Like... And we, mm. we, you know, we we're not shitting on training and trying to be good at something, but but perfection is boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfection is fact, so. Today, I, I I listened to an interview with Zach Wild, who you probably won't have heard of, but he was um one of the big guitarists that um toured with Ozzy Osbourne and wrote right. songs with Ozzy Osbourne uh, after he left Black Sabbath. So Ozzy was in Sabbath. He had this amazing solo career with a load of brilliant guitarists, one of whom was Zach Wilde. And he said a Steve Vai quote, another brilliant guitarist, he's like one of those virtuoso guitarists. And he said, you know, the thing about music is it's not a sport, it's an art. 
he didn't put it in those words, but that's what it what it is. Yeah. It's it's not a sport, you know. It's not like weightlifting where the person who lifts the biggest weight is the strongest. Is the you know, yeah, for there's sure. a reason why Bob Dylan has such a recognisable voice, um, oh, and he's a great musician. You know, he, yeah. he's not a great singer, Bob Dylan, not really. Um, but he's a great singer because mm. he sounds like Bob Dylan. You see, yeah. But for sure. uh, that that was a bit like um, um. Phil Linnett, as I say, brilliant, brilliant um, songwriter and brilliant performing singer, as it were. Um, but here's the weird thing. Um, Thin Lizzy released, in my opinion, one of the very best live albums. So a live album is, a, is, is different to a to a to a Yeah, live albums are tricky. They're really tricky. They're, they're very hard to get right, for one yeah. thing. Um, and they did Live and Dangerous, which is a phenomenally good um, live album. And they did a shit ton of overdubs on it anyway. So, like, that's, again, you get a mix of what was really there on the night and you get some overdubs of, oh, I want this guitar solo doing this, um, things like that. And um, oh, it's one of the great... And it, it, it's one of the examples of how he was had this amazing relationship with the crowd. Um, he said this amazing, really... Uh, you couldn't say that kind of joke now, but um, he said... Um, there any girls? There any girls out there with some Irish in them? And then they go, "Way!" Any girls out there who want a little bit more Irish in them? Way! And because he's he was this kind of sleazy, sexy. You made a face at that, but I don't mind. No, my um, face isn't but it at was that. Whole... My face is the. <laughs> my face is that I've heard that joke in the context of having Greek in you, so it's ruined Ugh. for me a little bit. Well, that's that screen. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, you don't. You have Cypriot in you. So yes, uh... thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's alright. I laugh at my own jokes, it's fine. but it, well, yeah, you know. But no, my my, it, my eye joke, roll wasn't at the like, joke itself. It is a funny joke. It just made me go because I've had but, that joke happen in my family. And it's but gross. it's it's wonderful because he basically was this reserved performer, and it just kind of shows he just got kind of a little bit sexy. I've mean, oh, got a little bit of this going on, and people what loved is it. it? People fucking loved it for him. What is it know? that makes the Irish accent so sexy? It is a bit, Can isn't we, it? Like it Why is. is that? I think Why it's, is that? it's gentle but strong at the same time, you know? <laughs> Irish people out there, there's got something a, that we all crave. We just, yeah, you know? it just, no one can charge. Have you seen that strong. episode of Scrubs that has... Um, I've not, I've not seen that much Scrubs. There's an episode, oh, for funny. fuck's sake, really famous Irish actor. He was, he's done so much. Colin Farrell, am I right? Oh, yes, yeah, Colin Farrell. Very, in Bruges. Very, yeah, very yeah. famous. I, I love In Bruges. How have we not talked about In Bruges? In Bruges is that one of the best is. fucking films. It is it's one of my so all time favourite movies. And it's and 100%. Two, two brilliant Irish actors in that. Two brilliant yeah, Irish actors. Two in that. amazing what's that Irish guy? Uh, um, <laughs> What's my favourite fucking movie? Mad Eye. It's I apologise for a con, a con, but you are a con. <laughs> what's yeah. the fucking line? Take back so what you said about my con kids. Um. Oh my god! Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I was right. It was Brendan Gleeson. Great. Um, yeah. yeah, the gentleman as well. Two incredible Irish actors, and their their like personas are what make that film. You know, like yeah, when when so he's really good. rude to an American fat family, and he's like, he says, "You are a bunch of fucking elephants." And then um, they try and chase him and he just walks off and it's just really, it's so offensive. I'm sorry. It was just really, the thing, the, one, one of the things um, about that film is that it was kind of marketed as like a, a kind of basic action film, which it actually really wasn't. 
Um, weirdly, I've been to all those. Uh, Bruges is really small. Have you ever been to Bruges? No, it's on my it's, it's on like my a very, list. It's a very specific yeah. place for someone to have gone to. But Bruges is fucking small, right? Yeah. So all the places that that are in the film, I've been all of them. You know, <laughs> like the tower. That every they climb cobble. Up, you know, <laughs> every, every single cobble. No, even even the tower. The tower is really fucking interesting because it's off center as well in, oh, the, in the building. Really? No, it's fucking interesting. It's interesting shit. No, uh, Colin Farrell. It's fucking but yeah, so actor. when Colin Farrell was in Scrubs, um, everyone just fancies him. And it's just like, yeah. Obviously. And I get... And you could... My point is, though, you couldn't write that kind of character not Irish. Like, there's no, something about the fact sexy. that he is the sexy, charming Irish man and all of the, like, nurses. It just works. I can't explain exactly. it. But yeah, there's something about the accent that's just music to people's ears. Damn right. And that's really why... Is. He works so well as a front man. Do you know about the film Killing Bono? No. What is this? <laughs> oh, what God, is this? That was way too loud in my mic. I'm sorry. Basically, so I, mine I, was all my laughs have like overpowered the shit right, out of my yeah, mic. Yeah, you're going to have fun with this. So, Killing Bono is about. Um, it's it's based on a true story, but I think like playfully. It's one of the again. I just love. I just love a good comedy based on some stuff that is true. So, like, Pride might be my favourite film of all time Mm. after Moulin Rouge. Like, Pride is just incredible. So, Killing Bono is um, about these two brothers who went to school with who the the people who then became the core members of U2. U2. Because they were at school together. I think they were a school band. U2, I fucking love Yeah, no, they were a school band. Yeah, 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 they were. So you've got these other two boys who are brothers who also want to be rock stars and they've gone to oh, school no. with them and they've lived in the same area as them. And it's it's a very funny, it's got um, Robert Sheehan, you know, Umbrella Academy and Misfits and that guy. Oh, yes. That skinny, guy, yeah, pretty, yeah. curly skinny hair. Skinny guy. Yeah, yeah. Skinny, pretty, exactly. curly hair. Oh, he's yeah. so nice. He's, he's got a very pretty so face, handsome. hasn't he? But um, And he's fucking Irish as the day is long, isn't he? Like, you can't yep. get much more Irish than him. So it's him <laughs> and it's just, it's so much fun. And it's really, it's so entertaining. Like, there's a bit where he's backstage and you can hear you two singing, um, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And he's like, yeah. what more could he want? <laughs> so can you imagine can you imagine your lifelong dream being to be a rock star and you fucking went to school with bono (laughs) so yeah it's that joke it's that joke in south park is that how does bono manage to be you know such a cool guy and do all this stuff for charity and still you just think he's a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) how does he do that (laughs) i would watch it because it's really fun and it's entertaining and it does that thing where it ends with like telling you where they are now and stuff and it's it's such hmm. a fun Irish story and Aww. I just oh I think it's great. And yeah. the, 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 I mean I I mentioned in passing you two at the start but you two people shit on you two it actually kind of annoys me because basically people shit I mean on it's not like that, they're Coldplay popular enough. <laughs> you know they're not Coldplay and those guys are cunts. But uh, <laughs> oh wow I didn't. I didn't know that Coldplay No, they're not. Cunts. I, just, I don't really okay. think that. that no, People... I'm sorry, but for a second, you sounded like you meant that. And I was like, what have Coldplay oh, no. done? That's because I'm just I'm just so convinced. They're just a bit mopey, just, that's all. I just say everything with emphasis. So, um, uh, you two, I'll say you two with as minimal emphasis. Okay, The Edge. People shit on The Edge, particularly. Because The Edge, basically, is another person who's not... Um, well, he's, he's very proficient at guitar, but he's not like a, whittly, a whittler, you know? So... 
most of his guitar sound has come through pedals and effects and stuff. But the thing is that he's what he's managed to really do is do something that all guitarists really should want to do, or most guitarists do want to do, is sound like themselves, make yeah. a sound that sounds unique and interesting. Uh, and again, not like... just you playing the instrument perfectly. You want it to exactly. be your way of doing it. For you sure. know, do you think Robert Johnson, the guy who basically invented how we play modern guitar, do you think he was brilliant, shreddy, friggin' guy? No, he was a blues guy from, you know, from from the southern states um, who was... Sorry, it's Robert Johnson is, by the way, like the guy who invented modern blues, or how we think of modern blues, at least. Um, so the edge, you know, through using delay stuff and using... A, he he will like have racks of different effects and will kind of use very slightly different textures for every single song. Um, and there's there's uh, you'll have seen the documentary. It might get loud as the documentary where they get Jimmy Page, The mm-hmm. Edge, and mm-hmm. Jack White, um, and um, put them in a room and say, "Way it might get loud. You know, it might be fun." Yeah. Um, and there's a bit where the edge just shows you his like like his jamming room, and there's this this wall of different amp heads, like, and he's used like every single one, and there's hundreds of amps of different kinds because basically he just wants the availability of doing any kind of texture he wants, you know. And I kind of admire that. I think that's really interesting and really really innovative to to have somehow made a guitar sound that is dependent on. Um, loads of different musical choices rather than just a single few of oh i play like this and i i, I use this amp you know mm. um i just found that really cool it's really cool it's a great great irish musician um just because i saw them live script are quite good yeah fucking great singer i wouldn't have planned i would be really honest i when i saw them live it was because some of my mum's family like friends were down in london from glasgow specifically for a gig and we went with them and so me and like a girl who's like my kind of cousin like um went together I think it was the O2 I think it was the O2 and yeah they were really good live and again I think the thing that I that stuck out about them for me was their personalities and their friendship and their camaraderie I think that no matter how big they got because they have been pretty big they are still just a bunch of friends in their denim jackets writing songs right. together and i think that's really really beautiful and that's i love see- when back on the topic of what you want out of a live show sure you want the front man you want the interaction with the audience but i want to see your dynamic yeah, exactly. as a band yeah. i really enjoy people band members bouncing off each other and enjoying yeah, 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 watching yeah, yeah, yeah. your creative energy flow like and yeah they were really cute and i think that um a lot of their songs that year was like it was like a year after the man who can't be moved came out so so they they really mm. owned the fact that they had a lot of breakup songs that year because the main guy <laughs> had gone through a really big breakup it's but what they, happens they talked about it fuel though, for they, the album i still remember one of them saying you know like when your mates in a really really dark place like and you, you want to get him out of it and you can't and he's talking about him right there like talking about when he was really really heartbroken and how yeah, they yeah. they used this music to try and help him like process through that and pull him back out. And I and I like how how well they owned that and talked about it. And yeah, we're still just a bunch of blokes who were friends making music together. And I think that's really cute. Mm. I mean one one of the one of the, coming back to, to Thin Lizzy, one of the significant things about them is that um uh Phil made a lot of friendships throughout the the music industry. 
And um, so, so this field in the story is really sad because basically he became a heroin addict and died, oh. and that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and um, some people still gig under Thin Lizzy, I think now, okay. and it's not the same. No. Um, because it's his band. It's, it always has been. Yeah. Um. Uh. But um. The, so they swap around guitarists a lot, and one of the big musical relationships of Phil Linnett's life was with Gary Moore. You might have heard of Gary Moore, maybe? Probably not, I'd say. Ever heard of Gary Moore? No, sorry. No? That's all right, don't worry. Well, Gary, well one, of the, yeah, one of the significant things about Thin Lizzy was that they had musicians from Southern Ireland or Ireland and Northern Ireland. Yeah. So um, Gary Moore is like one of the huge guitarists guitarist if you know what i mean by that that mm. he's someone that loads of people cite as an influence um ozzy when when ozzy left sabbath he wanted gary moore to be his guitarist but gary didn't want to do it right um and uh gary moore's like uh kind of hard rock blues guy and he oh. was with thin lizzy near the start and then rejoined later he's not actually part of what most people think of like the main thin lizzy era but yeah. um he's one of the great um the great guitar- greatest guitarists that he's on loads of people's really high list and he always makes the list of like oh rolling stones 100 greatest guitarists like he's always really high up on there right and one of the last recordings phil linnett did was on gary moore's solo record um one of gary, gary moore's solo records um and it's called out in the fields it's about the troubles it released in i think 84 85 kind of time um really like not long before he died also has one of the best guitar solos in that whole friggin era um again yeah, that Gary could be Moore. another ranked episode oh, oh my god how have we not done solos. guitar solos <gasps> oh yeah yeah like, like that's a whole thing and it, 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 guitar solos aren't really fashionable now um speak for yourself but, um <laughs> <laughs> you know i fucking love i will not be solo. told <laughs> I, it's, it's weird you know nath um nath has always kind of prided himself on being a rhythm guitarist um, and being a great riff guy and a great writer and player of riffs and being in time and on the beat and blah, 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 you know. Um, and a lot of his favourite guitarists aren't necessarily lead players. That's mm. not like the main thing they do, um, though obviously he loves loads of them. But um, so... Uh, for instance, even though most people's favourite guitarist from Thin Lizzy is Gary Moore, his favourite one is um, a Scottish guy called Brian Robertson, who's just this brilliant um, kind of blues rock. Um, that's that's the thing, is that all those greatest bands from the 70s were all based in the blues and then did rock stuff. That's just what happened. Yeah, so that's really yeah. what Thin Lizzy was, was, was all about as well. Um, this mix of blues rock and kind of vaguely Celtic lines... And uh, basically, Finn Lizzy are the jam. So that's my opinion. And my opinion is right. And every other opinion is wrong. <laughs> well, fair enough. I mean, I think we've covered quite a lot, to be fair. We've I been going so. nearly an hour. We've I just wanted this... to touch on Gary Moore, because, man. Yeah. <sighs> the only stuff like I've just got left, really, is just a list of actors that I was like, we could talk about them they, they, for hours each. So I'll do it as like an honourable mentions list. Yeah, go but for it. I... I've got one too. I've got Killian Murphy, legend. Oh my god, Peaky Blinders. Right? Fucking hell. Peaky Blinders, but also like uh, 28 days later. So much. 
Mate, Batman begins. Can we like take Oh yeah, a shit. I, well, he was so brilliant that you kind of forget that that's him. Okay, know? so like... fun fact. When I was cuz that Batman Begins, what year was it when that came out? Was it like oh, I feel like 2000s. I was around I feel like I was around 11. I'm going to check because I remember thinking as a child, even though he was playing Scarecrow, 2005. Right, so I was 12. So I was just in that preteen stage, right? maybe 11 depending on when in the year it came out and i remember then being like i know he's playing a creepy baddie but i also know for a fucking fact that he's a very sexy man like it was one of my first i was talking about this recently actually about how um you can have childhood crushes on like characters because you want to like run away to hogwarts or something (laughs) but killian murphy was one of my first crushes where i like where it just got that little bit more like no 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 i'm attracted to how that person looks it was one of my first like sexual attractions because he's such a beautiful man he's i'm not sorry bloke. and he's then peaky blinders bloke. comes out 20 years later and everyone's like my god he's so hot i'm like i'm sorry where have you been for 15 oh, years anyway excuse so me. killian murphy uh liam neeson absolute legend uh, I, I, yeah, I, I freaking love Liam Neeson, by I the way. I love Liam I'm just Neeson. saying, I think he's actor, a really, yeah. he's also like a really interesting person. I agree. Um, some people say his acting's wooden. I don't think that's really fair. No, I think his um, acting's very intentional. I think like... he's, 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 he's played, obviously he's known for like the Taken series, but also like Qui-Gon Jinn, who's like one yeah. of the best things about the first, like people shit on the first Star Wars, on, not the first, it's not the first but episode, episode one, one. I, know I know what you Wars, mean. I know what you but mean. he's like one of the best things about it. And he yeah. kind of typifies what that was all about the whole jedi thing freaking yeah. love it but also like have you ever seen the gray nope oh the gray is a great film and again he's, batman he's... sorry he was also in batman and batman <laughs> Ra's al Ghul in, in, just in, remembered uh, yeah race al Ghul in um batman begins in, in batman yeah yeah, yeah 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 um we haven't even touched on daniel day lewis and the legend that no. is daniel day lewis we Met also haven't even touched on the actor director famous person who directed a film that made us meet miss uh, kenneth branagh yes how have we not mentioned that it was him making movies and using and needing us as extras is how we met gilderoy lockhart pardon he was gilderoy lockhart (laughs) and he was i always forget that that's him i think of kenneth branagh and i think of him in dunkirk and i think of him uh, like doing theatre with Jane, yeah, yeah, Dame yeah. Judi Dench. I do yeah. not... And then I get re- like brought down to earth when I'm reminded that he played Lockhart. <laughs> anyway, I think that um, allows us to wind down, touching on um, the old Artemis Fowl, how me and you met. So, yeah. um, uh, uh, thank you, people of Ireland, for listening to our silly little podcast where um, we talk about riffing and scripting. No, and but truly, by like by like, we really appreciate it. By downloading and sharing with your friends and like seeing our numbers go up and knowing people are listening and enjoying. Like this was the most that we've had downloads the most recent week at the time of recording, like on the day of a new episode. So, so that also tells us that you're coming back and listening again. And honestly, it means the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we love Thanks the creativity to money to burn as well. Hope you have a good week mate and we'll chat on instagram soon i'm sure boom but thank you so much for listening everyone including our irish fans um we hope you enjoyed our specialty episode uh get in touch on the socials oh yeah we launched a facebook page didn't we we did launch our just look up riffs and scripts on facebook you will see us you will see our wonderful Cole made some really nice 
new artwork and we're still on Instagram and we still have the email address riffsandscripts at gmail.com apart from that have a good week everyone much love bye bye so um, I'm now talking to editing Cole Um, you weren't happy with your mic and we had to pause so you are currently fixing things but at the time you'll be editing it will probably be 1am on a Thursday morning because you never fucking learn do you Cole Uh (laughs) that really got you I'm sorry (laughs) oh when I laugh my little thing goes red whoopsies